0: Landline radio, land radio, energy, no filter. Oh yeah!
1: Okay, very excited to be back here with uh, Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly President Mindy O'Neill,
2: <laughs> presiding officer.
1: Presiding? Well, officer. That'll
2: do just fine. That's a lot to say. I know, I know. We like to make things as complicated as possible up in Fairbanks.
1: So in Anchorage, We just say Anchorage assembly chair.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's well, simple. Straight to the point. No confusion about what that means.
1: Senate pre- speaker of the house. Senate. You know, I guess they have like Kenai Peninsula borough. That's kind of.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they have a presiding officer or president have a mayor. Or. Yeah, we have three mayors. Did you yeah, know that? Because you guys have the city and the city of North Pole and so the see, borough. Anchorage.
1: We got we we figured that shit out like in the seventies.
2: Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're we're trying, Jeff. We're really trying.
1: We locked it. Well, the the Valley <laughs> has the same thing. The, the Matanuska Borough Assembly. Right. And then Wasilla, Palmer, you know, mayor, all this shit.
2: Yeah, but I don't think that they have a city within their borough, let alone two cities within their borough.
1: Wasilla and Palmer are within the Matanuska Borough. Oh, yeah. Matthew okay, borough. I stand corrected. Correct. So they have the same kind of situation you're dealing uh, yeah. with in Fairbanks. Yeah, true. Anyway, so let's just
2: so we get to cozy up. right up to the to the Matsu Valley. That's let's great. back
1: let's back it up here. So we've known each other uh, several years.
2: Do we know each other? We, we kind of just like are acquaintances. We, we've, we've been. A, I
1: mean, I've seen. We've yeah. We text
2: occasionally. I mean, you could text me more, Jeff. Really,
1: I probably should. I mean, you were you were actually a couple of years ago near staying near Campbell Lake.
2: I was. And yeah, and were, I knew that you know you had the whole scuttlebutt on Campbell Lake, and I wanted the lowdown and get the tour and walk through the trespassing zone. It's the the, the public access zone. The the, the trespassing, non-trespassing public access zone. Right. So, okay, (laughs) so let's
1: kind of back it up for folks who don't know you. You're the presiding officer of the Fairbanks North Starborough Assembly.
2: You got it. Um,
1: But you've been, you know, in politics for a while. But it's the funniest thing. I was just over, so it's, uh, what, Tuesday night. We're kind of, what time is it here? It's 7.30. It's kind of an after hours. Yeah. The the lights in my Juno office kind of... Ceiling lights went out, they've dimmed, so now I have these, it's kind of
2: It's great, it's very official in here. We got got white lights. Weird setting. We're kind of ready for prime time, I think. And you
1: you brought me a Stella, which I really appreciate. You're welcome. So anyways, I'm at the Murkowski, I went over there to check out the fundraiser, and I'm talking to my friend Amanda Coyne, and I said, I gotta go, I'm doing a podcast with Mindy O'Neill, and she goes, oh my God, she goes, Mindy O'Neill, when she moved here, stayed in a tent in my backyard. Is that true? that What is that about? I, don't, I didn't even know. I said, "Don't even tell me anything." I want to ask Mindy about that.
2: <laughs> you know, I actually don't remember staying in a tent in her backyard, but but you know, my memory isn't what it used to be. But what I do remember is the very first day that we came into Anchorage. It was a beautiful day, and you, you know, you and who? Uh, my friend Denise, uh, who was my my friend uh, from college, um, she was the one that I convinced to move up to Alaska with me for just one year in two thousand four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what I moved to here for.
2: Right, that's right. We're we're like Kendra Alaskan spirits. That's good. Yeah. You, Pioneers.
1: You, you came from where? You said Iowa.
2: Iowa, yes, Iowa. I was in Southwest Iowa. That's where I grew up and graduated from high school, and then graduated from Iowa State University
1: in Ames. Is that like the? Do uh, they have the presidents go there? They have straw poll and. Yes, it's a big deal. Didn't Barbara Bachman once like eat the corn dog and it looked kind of sexual? <laughs>
2: yeah we t- we kind of do that to uh to people in Iowa, yeah
1: so you were fully like you were you grew up you were there for all that presidential stuff
2: i was i was and you know it's funny P- i think the people at least that I hung around with they were especially political um most people didn't really even vote in the caucus um the caucuses and yeah, so I was involved in it somehow I got involved in it and convinced my my friend Denise who I worked with at a barbecue restaurant and uh, to to go caucus, and she did. It Wait, was, so was
1: that like the Bush? Uh,
2: no, <laughs> a caucus, the caucuses, the Iowa caucuses. Oh,
1: what year? What what um, election year was that? two thousand like two thousand or two thousand
2: four? It had to have been two thousand. Close to the mic there. It to had to have been like two thousand two. Was there an election that year?
1: Mm, presidential would have been two thousand. In 2004, so Bush won in 2000. Okay. Bush. That was the Bush-Gore.
2: Yeah, so it would have been the caucuses that would have been in 2003, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. So is it like, you know, you see it on TV. I mean, is it, does it consume the, is it as big, I mean, on the TV, it seems like a big, you know, Iowa, New Hampshire, it's like everybody goes there. And...
2: Yeah, you know, again, being being from a small rural uh, Iowa town, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I know I'm not giving you anything exciting here, but there wasn't a, I just, I just was, recall
1: these like Ted Cruz or whoever, is it like the, the fair with like the the food and like the, the folksy oh yeah. Oh yeah. talk and, or they're in the diner with like 20 people and they're pitching their, you know, kind of elevator.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a great place to see presidential candidates. They come through the state fair, the Iowa state fair, the best state fair there is. They go through rural Iowa towns and parades. They um, meet up in libraries. I mean, they 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 do the retail politics real strong in in Iowa, and then they forget about us after the caucuses and move on to the rest of the United States.
1: Now you you've been here for a while, but now a couple of years ago they had the big debacle. The, the the Democrats didn't they have mess up the rank choice the whole remember that Iowa the uh, poll caucuses got messed up and they couldn't they couldn't declare a winner and like Buttigieg and Bernie was like we both. They declared victory, and
2: yeah, I remember that it was after I believe that the Democratic Party changed the process, yeah. and Iowa was the very first state to go through it, and it was a cluster show, and you know, I you mean, you can say clusterfuck if you want. Oh, we can say that. We're, We're not. This is not an FCC great. regulated. Excellent. Good, but then everyone will know how much I swear, you know.
1: I mean, one, one or two. <laughs>
2: well, it was a big clusterfuck, and. um you know, I guess somebody has to go first and the Democrats of Iowa did it and everybody learned because of their mistakes.
1: The Republicans had a thing, I mean, this is going back years, but they had a similar kind of, I think like two or three cycles ago, they had a similar kind of issue. So yeah. anyway, so okay, so you're with this friend and...
2: Right, so Iowa caucuses are happening. I I, uh, get real excited about John Edwards for president. He's the first time he ran. To me, he was like the next Kennedy. And I was so excited about him. and Good-looking guy. I, he was at the time. He was. And, and I just thought, man, he's the guy. He's the guy, and I'm going to help him get there. And so I got involved. I started door knocking and working with the crew and recruiting people on the campaign to go caucus. And that's what I was doing at my, this barbecue restaurant that I was working at. And this, this girl, this friend that I, that I worked with said, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll go and... Uh, caucus if you move to Alaska with me and I was like okay first of all you're like the least person you know the, the, the least person that's going to actually do anything political did, but did she I'll any, take this
1: bet like reason or connection or family or any reason for, for she it she
2: wanted to get her master's degree in Alaska she wanted to try it out it was her vision so I was like okay I'll make that bet she
1: was like an I- Iowan is that what you
2: she was an Iowan she was really a Wisconsin Ooh. She hates that I say that, but that's originally where she is. But she is an Iowan, yes.
1: Well, you say that my, my parents are from Wisconsin. Waukegan, which is northern, very close to the Wisconsin border.
2: You got you gotta so, you gotta make the A's, Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah.
1: Whenever I went back growing up, they all talk like
0: that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I made this bet and she went and caucused and uh being the effervescent person that she is, a teacher now in Wasilla, she well, she's still here. Uh, she she left a few times and came back and Got her teaching degree at UAF and teaches in the Matsu Valley now. And uh, anyway, she came back to work and she said, "Well, I did it, so I guess we're going to Alaska." And I was like, "Well, geez, I made a bed. I guess, I guess that's what I have to do." So
1: you were, you were I mean, just out of 2020s?
2: Yeah, it was. I had just graduated from college. I was uh, twenty one years old, and you know, I was looking for the next thing in my life. I thought I've been in school my entire life. I'm going to take a year off. Going to go to Alaska for just a year, check it out. It's kind of a big thing to do in Iowa. Nobody leaves the state.
1: Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico and people, part of the reason I moved to Alaska, I wanted to get out, get out of there, but a lot of the folks, the kids that I grew up with, you know, in high school that were older than me, they, they'd go to California or Colorado or Arizona and then come back. Oh, okay. So part of it, I ski. I was big into skiing back then and obviously Alaska is great for skiing, but like, I wanted to get so so far away that... If you're in Colorado or Wyoming or even even Montana, I mean, you can get in the car and kind of you can drive in a day or two, be back. Mm-hmm. But if you're in Alaska, I mean, it's there's,
2: there's no going back. No. It's not so easy. You, you need a little planning. So you yeah. drove or you flew? We did. We we started selling all of our stuff. We had meetings every Tuesday. We had a big wall. What kind um, of meetings? Of a ma- we had meetings, you know, where we would sit down and we'd do research and we'd find out, you know, where, where should we go? Where should we live? We we were we knew we were Anchorage bound, but where do we, you know, where do we go? And we ended up taking the ferry halfway through um, the Inside Passage. So from Bellingham up to...
1: Oh, so you did like, you, you went legit.
2: We went legit. We we, we pitched our tents on, on the ferry dock and our deck and stayed on the solarium. That's when they used to
1: have booze on the ferries.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Booze and lots of different types of interesting people.
1: See, we we me and my buddy. I came up with a friend as well. I convinced him he was in Colorado. We I graduated '03 high school, went to University of New Mexico for a year. Had seen actually saw UAA at some high school college fair. I was like, at that time it was before like Google. I mean Google was I guess around, but you know before all the Craigslist and all the Facebook, so that we just kind of didn't really just. I had this vision of Alaska as like some. Far away dirt road. I didn't even know. It didn't like <laughs> the vision of it. You know, I remember driving up the first time on the Glen Highway and seeing the Conoco building with the sun. We moved here in August, 04. Yeah. And seeing the sun glean like, off the building. And I was like,
0: oh, fuck, this is like
2: a city. Yeah. Yeah. I had a very similar experience. It was it was August, and It was hot. It was you moved so here hot. in August, 04? It was, that's what time we got here. Yeah. The, the early August. Early August. I was like,
1: it was like August. I forget the day. It was like 20. Like twenty fifth, I mean, it was right at the end of August.
2: Okay, yeah, and it was it was like ninety degrees. Hot, yes. And we were, and we thought, is this Alaska? It's ninety degrees here. It is hot, and, and we went it's in the sun. In the sun, I mean, we drove to the end and looked over, uh, you know, the point there, and oh my gosh, we were instantly in love. We were just like, ah, oh, this is amazing. We
1: we I've said this, I've told folks this before, but we got to our Wyoming the first night. We drove. I convinced the buddy. We get to the Canadian border the second night. Go to like. Uh, lethbridge and then i'm like oh fuck we're you know this is before google maps and all the map qu- and all the phone maps and oh, right you know so i'm like oh, <laughs> fuck, paper we're, map. We're, oh fuck, we're almost there like we're making good time and like like legitimately like our third 12 hour day of driving through canada i was like that's when i was like man this is far
2: yeah with the dr seuss trees that are all dead and yes you know, all that like weird all, shit in canada yeah i mean it's just eerie
1: and you get to the border and it's still like 14 hours
2: I always think people have to drive up here because you really just don't realize how far you are in, uh, unless you drive. If you hop on a plane, it's long, it's uncomfortable, but you'll get there in a few hours. Here, like if you drive, man, you just you see all the different topography and realize mm-hmm. how how far away you are.
1: So so what's the what's the Amanda Coin connection?
2: My friend Denise, her mother, uh was at the University of Iowa at the same time Amanda Coyne was at the University of Iowa.
1: Yeah, that's right, because Amanda's told me before she's like gone to, she's like recently even gone to Iowa to see yeah. family or whoever, friends. Yep.
2: And so when we, she was our first connection, that was the only person we knew. And so when we drove into uh, Anchorage, she was working at the Anchorage Press at the time. And we showed up, these, these two bumpkins from, from Iowa, and, like, we're here. These young gals. These young girls are all excited, big eyes, you know. And like, wow, it's 90 like 20, degrees outside. They're going see you like, 21. Like, <laughs> we're here. We're here. Yeah, exactly. And and so Your we... Your folksy, you like, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And we sat outside the Anchorage Press, and she just kind of gave us the lowdown. And, you know, I guess the rest is history, but it's really uh, uh, stories like that, I think, that just... I don't know, pervasive through, through Alaska.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I don't know if you've read um, Going to Extremes. Mm-mm. Um, it's uh, Joe McGinnis. He came here in the 70s and spent a couple of years in Alaska and wrote about it.
0: Okay. Really good
1: book. I mean, you should, it's a whole part about Fairbanks. I mean, because he comes in the ferry to, you know, Juneau, and then he writes about these politicians he meets and crazy partying and drugs and alcohol, and then he goes to Anchorage, and he goes to Fairbanks and, He's in Bethel and he's in Barrow. I mean, he's like all over. He spends a couple of years in Valdez.
2: This is like the 70s, you yeah, said? Yeah, he
1: came here like right when right kind of oil got started.
2: Oh, I would have loved to have been here in the 70s. Oh, well, I mean, Just I tell, I tell people insane. if I was my age
1: right now, I'd probably have like a cocaine fuel burnout, like five years. Yeah, but you I know. could see that. I mean, Fairbanks, I mean, you you've sure you know the story. I mean, Fairbanks was like lit.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're still paying for those days, I think. <laughs>
1: The, Mike Gordon, uh, who started Chilco Charlie's with his business partner, mm-hmm. he writes, he wrote a book, Learning the Ropes, which is about his whole, he was big into coke and, and, and women and all the bars and all that. He had, he had tried a bar in Fairbanks and it got firebombed. Oh, really? Because he wasn't like, because Fairbanks is like my, I go to Fairbanks a lot. I have friends there. I moved to Anchorage. I stayed in Anchorage. But Fairbanks always strikes me as like kind of clicky. Like you have to. Can't just go there. You have to like f- have some connection somewhere to so some, you can't just like set up shop.
2: Yeah, you know, I, th- I think that's something we could really work on <laughs> for for being a, a town is it, <laughs> it <is. laughs> gonna pay, pay the pipe. Uh, like a, a welcoming committee or something maybe. <laughs> um like welcome to Fairbanks. Uh, we're very friendly if you know us.
1: <laughs> Do they even have a I mean Anchorage has welcome to Anchorage sign you guys even have that uh we
2: do you know we use uh so when you arrive at the airport and then you head on airport towards you know uh fred meyer there's an overpass and it says welcome to fairbanks and it used to be it's a big heart because we're the golden heart city Mm -hmm. and it used to be uh, a a heart of beautiful flowers that that were there but uh, now it's a, a beautiful heart of yellow painted rocks so
1: so you don't you don't have nice one on the, the well, highway when you walk you know drive up there's not I don't, we do is I, there yeah okay, I don't. yeah
2: yeah there is one
1: guys got to make that it, more prominent
2: it, yeah it's hidden under the snow this year <laughs> so
1: so how did you so you're in Anchorage initially but how did you get to Fairbanks
2: um, which is
1: by the way I didn't know much about Alaska when I moved here but I knew fucking Fairbanks was cold
2: it's cold like, I still I knew think that. you know Jeff I still think that it's it has the best weather in the state though the winters are cold as fuck they're dry great snow and not a lot of sun but you know that's okay not a lot of wind either so it's but it's the dry cold that keeps us there i, I would take fairbanks winters over anchorage winters really I, I, ah, I was, it's so cold and damp like my bones need to be warmed up for days after i go to anchorage to i the was winter.
1: there i was there once i saw the small business back in like 2008 me and a friend had this, we saw this little wind spinner kind of trinket. Anyways, we went up there one time for a holiday. I drove up there for like a holiday Christmas show. Uh. And it was it was legit one of those like 40 below times. And I went to get the stuff out of the car. We had like a little metal kind of display rack. And I grabbed it and I <laughs> oh carried no. it. And I fucking got frost, like oh literally no. frost. I got like mild frostbite. Rookie mistake. On my, you know, fingers. You didn't and lick it, did you? No, but I grabbed it and I I, I got <laughs> I got into the Carlson Center and I was like, man, my hands like hurt. And then I looked down and they're kind of like white, because mm. of this metal. You know, it was like twenty seconds or thirty, you know, whatever, maybe a minute from the car to the Carlson Center. But sure. I remember like just standing out there and being like, fuck this, because like Anchorage might get to ten below one, once in a while, maybe fifth like, but forty is
2: yeah. But it's bad. A dry cold. It's a dry cold, and you know. A friend said to me recently, there's no there's no bad days. there's no bad weather days. There's only bad gear. So it's really mm. about layering and having good gear
1: now, summers I gotta admit you and know, having
2: auto start that really helps or a garage <laughs> and a garage S- summers are great. <laughs> I mean,
1: I've been up there so many times and- the
2: banana belt. it's the banana belt of Alaska, and that's why I think it has the best winter or the best summers too, you know it's 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 hot, it's dry again. As long as we can keep the forest fires away, you know we're doing mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you can get a tan. I mean, people in Fairbanks are tanned by the end of the the summer. I mean, it gets I mean, sometimes it's sixty pre- days. Pretty hot. Yeah, it, it really does. I think um, anybody investing in air conditioners are probably going to have a pretty good future up in Fairbanks. Well, the the
1: climate the climate change
2: the climate change it's changing. So how, how did warmer. you
1: wh- how did you when and how did you get to Fairbanks? I mean, how long were you in Anchorage for before you went to Fairbanks?
2: I was in Anchorage for seven years. I started working for the Anchorage Concert Association as our outreach coordinator, and I did that until I worked for the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce and was their membership director. And then I got into radio. Uh, my, the love of my life is radio. You were in
1: radio, because you're really good at radio. You're really good at the podcaster.
2: Oh, thanks. I, I had a radio show. Did you know that?
1: I did not know. That. What, what, where did you have a radio show?
2: I had on KUDO. Uh, KUDO 660 AM, I believe it was. Um, It was a toddy broadcasting station at the time. So I sold radio, and I sold radio for five or six years. So through the Chamber of Commerce and through selling radio, I got to know a lot of the business owners in Anchorage. And I really got to help, you know, start businesses and promote businesses. And my thing was events. I loved doing events on radio. Um so I started a radio show. It was called it, I started it with um Nils and Drayson and it was called oh, the, Who's here right now? It was called the the Mindio Nils show. <laughs> and it was for uh, oh, <laughs>
1: You get it? Please tell me this is like archived somewhere.
2: I I believe it is. Yeah, you could probably find some We we had great uh we had great leaders who came in and talked to us about all sorts of things and it was all for emerging leaders and uh Is this young he was
1: professionals Institute of the north
2: yeah he was uh, in, uh he might have been at rural cap at that time actually so, so
1: you know i i um crazy crazy to say i was at the emerging leaders summit
2: in 2014 in Seward okay i was in the one in fairbanks i don't know what year it was it was before i moved up there but
1: i remember it was september i vividly remember it because it was september and it was kind of the young younger people and we had this thing in Seward and um brad Keithley was there he was doing a fiscal there was all these different oh, cool. people in the bruce patella was there but i remember bill walker came in at the end and it was it was after the malat thing the the combination ticket so
2: this is 2014
1: yeah okay yeah, it was 2014 so it was after the byron malat like they combined tickets but before the election okay so he like came in and spent you know a day and we were all kind of like is that guy
0: going to be the governor? Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe. But it was, you could kind of like, cause it was, you know, it something was going on. Yeah. And, um, that's cool. And now Nils is with the, the AML. Right. last Municipal League.
2: That's right. Yep. That, um, that's why I was here earlier this week or last week, I guess.
1: So now you're involved at AML. With, with the Fairbanks North Star Borough.
2: Yeah, I, I, uh, with uh, being on the Borough Assembly, then um, I was uh, elected by the Board of Directors to the Board of Directors in November. So now I'm a board member of AML as well.
1: I can't believe you had a radio show with Nils. I did. So and then, then I guys- also
2: had one with Scott McMurrin, and that was called Alaska Travelgram.
1: That's my guy, though. I, I, I don't know if you follow our... I've done... A lot of podcasts. Oh, he's great.
2: I can't believe he's never, you know, talked about me on radio because really I gave him his start on radio. I feel radio. like I should
1: plug the phone into the mixer here and call I mean call oh, him. He and,
2: would be he would be delighted, I'm sure. Yeah, what a hoot that guy I, is.
1: I always tell him I never I never to this day I never believe some of the deals he puts out. I'm just like there's no way that's really that's real. Right. And then I go and check and it's always real.
2: Yeah. He's he's legit. He's totally legit. So why'd yeah. you go to Fairbanks? You should have stayed in Anchorage. So I um I started working for Senator Ellis. Um so I did the radio thing for a while and then I started um uh a, it was like the time when newspapers started dropping kind of their soft news and uh really started downsizing um the internet and and like re- um uh, newspapers on uh the web started mm-hmm. coming around Alaska dispatch. I worked for them for a minute and that, that was another Did way. Really, oh, it was another way. Amanda I've, I've, and I crossed I've told, paths.
1: I've told Amanda, I mean, I think people acknowledge us. I mean, that was the worst thing ever. They should have just stayed they should have stayed independent. Oh yeah. It was so good.
2: Oh, I, I, I left way before any of that happened. You, were you there with um, Uh I was actually. Yeah. Oh. It was, it was that original crew and they were just talented and wonderful. Um
1: another another legend.
2: But I, I, I broke off and started a an online um citizen journalism site called this Arctic Life. And that was our, our idea was that we were taking um kind of the soft news and the citizen stories. And if you remember, citizen journalism kind of had a, a thing at that time. And mm-hmm. so uh we it was more of a you know a, a soft thing about Alaska. And um so that kind of ended. Let's just say that. And then um, I met Amory Lingbake Lake at, uh, I'd known her through young professional stuff. And she said, was, you know. Who's still working as a staffer there? She was with Senator Ellis' Ellis's office. And she said, I'm not giving you any promises, but you should meet my boss. And we have an opening in our office. And so I, I went up to, I had an interview with Senator Ellis and uh, he hired me. And I worked for him over the interim, so I kind of cut my teeth on how to campaign Alaska-style with Senator Ellis.
1: What year was that? It must have been like, oh...
2: Oh, I'm so bad with years. That would have been like 2007, 2008.
1: So just just when the money got kind of going.
2: Oh, yeah, it was great. So
1: Amory got you started in the legislature.
2: I owe all of my uh, political career to Amory Lee Lake. So many do.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Right? After we're done here, I'm going to text her or something
2: yeah you should text her I didn't
1: know I was, I'm learning so much I mean my gosh Mindy I've we talk we talk but like we've never gone kind of yeah. deep on this stuff you, you gotta <laughs> I love Johnny Ellis I get to know him over the years and he is he it's was so, so wonderful so sad that he you know, yeah
2: you know he was a really punny guy right and he, oh, just, he liked all the puns and always had you know something like quick and witty and so the crew was um gosh I, if I can remember everybody's name. Uh Zach Zach Mannix, Matt Moser, Heather, and Amory. And Matt's
1: still he's a lo- lobbyist now. Right?
2: right, right. Who's who's the other one? Zach Mannix. So he's uh he, I think he moved to the to the um to the valley and he did some time here in Juneau legislatively. Oh I
1: thought you I, I think said did some time like he was no. away. No no
2: no no <laughs> he did mm-hmm. some time. No 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 not Zach. Uh and and they were just they were so witty and wonderful. They were they were a really great crew and I felt, you know, I felt popular with them. I don't know. They were like the cool kids. I've never been a cool kid. I've always been kind of like the other kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, really? You you seem pretty. <laughs> you seem pretty cool. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks. Maybe maybe I'm just a late bloomer. Maybe it
1: was a, a Johnny Ellis
2: it, it was. And so here's the story. So we all went out to um, the brew house, and it was kind of like a welcome, Mindy, to our staff. And they went around, and Senator Ellis was saying, you know, he had all these nicknames for everybody around the table. And he said, what's your deal, Mindy? If you, if you have a, a, a theme, what's your deal? And I said, unity in the fucking community. <laughs>
1: That's a pretty good one. That's a good one.
2: And so he always called me unity in the community. So I've kind of kept up with that. That might be my new campaign slogan.
1: I did, um, you know, he passed away recently and I went back. I did a podcast with him in 2019.
2: Oh, you did.
1: Oh, yeah. And I went back and listened to it. And he, you know, just, at least you know how he was. He'd, he'd always just go into like.
2: So witty.
1: Some story. And then he would, but he would be very specific about what it meant and the player, like all the reasons. And, you know, but I had, um on the podcast, I had kind of brought up the story and he he remembered it in 2012 I ran for the state senate I guess I remember that at least I was kind of really kind of hooked up with the right-wing people I was Tea part you know I was running against Liesl as like the anti-coal you know coalition person in the primary and I got 45 I lost but I got like you know 45 percent so was kind of people were like what the fuck
0: Mm I had like
1: no money anyway so afterwards I go to Fairbanks somebody had wanted me to go up there and there was some Carlson center it was like Joe Thomas and Joe Pasquavan, uh-huh. like Senate
2: bipartisan working group was this, was this during that time. It was still right? it
1: was still in yeah. It got broke. This is like September after the primary, and there was like this oil this um uh, what's that company called? A Great Bear Dunk. This guy Dunk Ed Duncan. Anyways, they were doing like a presentation on on the oil tax and HB remember HB one ten. Oh, uh uh-huh. It was so I had gone up there and I was kind of pr- promoting or pending out some contrarian literature uh-huh in front of the carlson center
2: <laughs>
1: and everybody uh-huh. thought the stuff i was giving out was like part of the <laughs> the, 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 the event the, the joe thomas joe Pascavan thing right
2: oh interesting so
1: <laughs> i um at some point joe thomas comes out and he was like and jeff a step was there too he was now working in, you know and he was like who the fuck are you what are you doing here <laughs> and it was kind of like a little bit aggressive <laughs> and so so i it was a kind of weird and i was like i'm just jeff i'm just jeff land i'm just handing out information so um <laughs> it was kind of weird so then i leave and then a week later i get a card in the mail it was from joe thomas and he was like hey you know it's you know kind of actually he came out before that and apologized he was like hey you know got a little heated No, nope, just you know passions are high and He he you know apologized and then like a week later i get a card and he's like hey if you're you know come to this thing it's this event and it was like a Senate Democrats fundraiser at <laughs> at um, Bill Sheffield's house. Okay. And I just don't get, I mean, I was like, I got invited. Fuck it. I may as well. And, as well at, that, at that time, Check I was like out. really Republican. You know, I'm not like now I'm nonpartisan. I'm, you know, I'm not.
2: You're just kind of Republican now?
1: No, I'm nonpartisan, actually. I switched a year <laughs> okay. and a half ago, but, okay. you know, I, I was like running against the coalition, all this stuff. So I go to it, and and all these people are there, like Wilikowski, and there was like, Bill, you know bill sheffield and, and and johnny's there and i didn't i knew who he was i just knew his i just knew his, his name i knew who he was and i went up to him and said hi and he was kind of like what are you like what are you doing here because he like they knew me from like running against lisa you know and i i was like i was invited and he was like who invited you and i showed him the invitation and joe thomas was there too and then he was like talking to me and then we were, we, we like talked for a while and then he was like I don't think you're a Republican. <laughs> and then the other thing he said too is he's like, you know, the good thing about our events is like, you know, you go to you go to Republican fundraisers for a snack, but here you come to eat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was great. He was so great. But it was
1: just what you know, just such a guy you could just talk to forever.
2: Yeah, he really was. And you know, I I threw that out back at that at the at the brew house. You know, I threw that out because everyone was kind of, you know, letting letting loose, and so I was. Getting into it, and when I said, "Well, unity in the fucking community," and it was kind of like dead silence. Everyone's like,
1: <laughs> "So it was Amory, uh, this guy Zach,
2: <laughs> and Matt Moser. Wow, Heather, yeah, who's Heather? Heather, oh, gosh, what is her last name? I can just see her. She's still around. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, she left the building quite a while ago. Um, gosh, she's gonna hate me forever for forgetting her last I'm sure you'll name. Think of it." Yeah. So you're at that point,
1: you're still in Anchorage then?
2: Yeah, so I'm in Anchorage. I, I work for in their office over the interim, which means that I work 8 a.m. in the morning until 5 p.m. at night. No, you're not late, and you don't leave early. And then you go to the Democratic offices and work on campaigns until 10 o'clock.
1: I think I've heard that... That's, jo- that's what you do. I've heard from people. Johnny was one of the... You're in eight, training. Eight to five He was, people. yeah. Because a lot of them, I don't think they even... Some of them are like that, and then some of them don't really give a shit.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, these days, what is time, right? Mm -hmm. We've really kind of lost what that means, and I think that's okay.
1: (laughs) I mean, I always say, like, you know, it's obviously you don't want to just not, for the staffers and the intern, you don't want to do nothing, but, I mean, a lot of them work, like, 10, 10, 12 hours a day, five, six days a week for four months. Yeah. So, you know, it's relative, you know, it should be reasonable. Right,
2: yeah, I think so. So uh, he was, you know, going to the, it was just over the interim, like I said, and um, I <laughs> I interviewed to be in the press office at that time, which... Because uh, of your
1: Arctic, uh, you had your Arctic thing. Well, yeah,
2: my whole background's in communications, public relations, that was my uh, undergrad at Iowa State, and um, so I interviewed to be in the press office, and I remember Katrina called me. The Senate? Uh, it was in the Senate, and she said... Uh, we have an interview uh, for you. Uh, would, would you like to set it up? And I'd gotten an offer to work for Les Guerra, and I and I said, "Oh no, that's okay. I, I'm I'm going to go work for in Les Gara's office." And it was great. It was wonderful. You I didn't had, even I, take I the had, interview. I didn't even take the interview. I so had no idea the, what still, I was. I, I, it was completely out of my league. This I was had, still the, the
1: bipartisan coalition. It was. So you would have been the majority press. Correct, Mindy.
2: Correct. I know. I it was. In Les and Les Gara is in the minority. It, Les Gara was in the minority. Yeah, I had no idea. I I was a, I was a little baby bumpkin. I was just did any Did you like run this by anybody? No, 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 no.
1: Oh my god, Mindy! But you know
2: what? I've never looked back on that decision with regret. It's it was like oh well, that was a missed opportunity. But you know, I loved working for Les Gara. He was great, and I got here up here to uh, to Juno, worked a session with him, and um, that was just a. A session gig, and then Brody Anderson was working for Scott Kawasaki, who was in the house at that time, and he uh, was leaving. Longtime staff are leaving, and so I moved up to Fairbanks, and it was that was just supposed to be for a summer, but uh, I worked for him for three years. For Scott, yeah. Where would Brody go? <clears throat> then Brody moved down here to Juneau and worked been- in a different office. I think he worked. For, I think he came down to work for Reggie, maybe. Because he's, he's been doing, I mean, he's, for a long mm. time, the fi, one of the fi,
1: kind of house finance people. Yeah. Smart. Super smart. Him and Paul. They, oh, they, I know, those The people guys. listening that aren't maybe familiar, there's a couple people in that building that are like, they can look at the, I mean, they know every part. They're of, running the gears. Every little line and where it goes, what it means. It's hmm It's, you know, these things are hundreds and thousands of pages. and. Yeah. Some people have, a few people really understand it.
2: Right. A few people do there're there're two that do
1: I try to understand it, and it's like
2: it's really hard, it is, yeah, and you if unless you're living and breathing it for years, um you know you probably won't ever understand all of it,
1: so so you go to Fairbanks, and then that was kind of you stayed in Fairbanks,
2: so I go to Fairbanks, I like it uh you know they they set me up with uh in a in a little cabin, and so i you know at one point i I did the whole dry cabin thing. Um, Oh man, the full experience! I did the full experience. You know, you got to. You got. You only got one life, and it's and it's a short one. You like outhouse or something? Total. It was. It was an outhouse without a door, and it overlooked the mountains. And so you could sit out there and see mountains in the middle of the trees. It was. It was actually lovely. Were you ever like had a lovely
1: outhouse? Were you ever like in like a very cold moment? Like, what am I? Like, what am I doing here?
2: Yeah, several times.
1: Yes. What are your parents? Th- I mean, your parents are in they Iowa. They all think
2: I'm absolutely insane. They they um, they actually um, in rural Iowa built an outhouse just for me. It was a, a bit of a tribute, you know. Oh <laughs> <God>.
0: <laughs> and Mindy, they... And, the Mindy O'Neill outhouse. <laughs> That's tribute.
2: right. That's right. And uh, they make fun of me and um, live in horror and shock and pride that I am still in Alaska doing what I'm doing.
1: So I mean, you're the you're the presiding officer of, of this big assembly, government. I mean, what do they think about that?
2: Um, I, I think they probably don't really think much about that.
1: Oh, do they under, I mean, do they think you're like in a club or do they know what it's like? In a...
2: They're not really sure. They're just like, she calls us on Sundays sometimes and she's still alive. So, you know.
1: So So you, I think you were... I recall appointed,
2: initially appointed to that. I was, yep. I was initially appointed in July and then ran that October and uh, won that seat and have been on the assembly for three years. I have to run again this year.
1: So after the election, I assume they organize and they elect a, again, there's a, is there a mayor, mayor, right?
2: So there's a borough mayor and we're a nonpartisan board. So, you know, we're not running under a Democratic or Republican ticket. Um, it's well known I'm a Democrat in Fairbanks, but, um, when it comes to the assembly, we really try not to be partisan. It sneaks in every once in a while, but, um, it's kind of like a unspoken thing, I guess. It's a, uh, respect. Mm -hmm. Um, Anchorage is
1: supposed to be nonpartisan too.
2: What is going on in Anchorage, man? (laughs) Jeez. Did you happen
1: to catch any of our, um... October mask mandate meetings. Oh, my
2: gosh. Coverage. I mean, we, I was just kind of watching in horror. Like, oh, jeez. It was
1: fucking... I mean, the first night was the arrest, the guy had the gun, and then the Stars of David. And yeah.
2: Then, I
1: mean, just, just every night got weirder and nuttier. Uh, this went on for like, you know,
2: almost two weeks. It, it Yeah, I, I'm glad that uh, we didn't have to deal with that level of civic engagement up in Fairbanks.
1: I gotta say, I was in Fairbanks in... It was must have been fall of twenty. Where was I there? Yeah, it was fall because we were doing some election stuff. So I was there in fall of twenty. COVID, you know, had been going on for a while, six months, mm-hmm. and you know, anchored had the mask mandate, and it was like, you know, they shut down some restaurants and bar, you know, bars and all that. And um, we got a fair bit, excuse me, with a friend, and it's like, man, this is real freedom. I <laughs> <Not laughs> love <of> masks. <laughs> Fairbanks. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, a few, but like, it was really not. Yeah. I was like, shit, this is my place.
2: <laughs> is it? I mean, it just, it? I just, I just, I'm not I a mean, big man.
1: I'm pretty vocal about that, but. Yeah. Um, I was, it was like, this is like still
2: 2020. Sure. You can catch COVID here if you want. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> in fact, we're the highest transmission rate in the state. I mean, everything was keep every, on giving. Everything
1: was open. It's, yeah.
2: Come not on. Not a lot of mass. Come on in. You do you. You do you. <laughs> And that's the only you're the only person that that's going to affect. So,
1: so how many people are? Is it nine or is it more? Is it a nine? Yep. nine. We are yeah. a
2: nine nine member assembly. So one of the
1: guys I think is it
2: Tomaszewski? Thomas. Yep, Tomaszewski. He's running for legislature. Yes. Well, that. he's filed his intent for legislature.
1: So he's probably, I mean, likely. Yeah. Um, and then as the, I got to say, the other guy when I was there last time, I don't know who he is, but I think it's Jimmy Cash. Uh huh. All I know is I kept. I was with my friend Kale, and we kept saying this is like Johnny Cash's like less successful like brother, like younger brother Jimmy Cash because the signs were like Jimmy Cash, and they were everywhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, his sign game was strong. I think they were like everywhere.
1: I mean, it was so, and he's on there, right?
2: Uh-huh, yep, he's on there. Yep.
1: What's his deal? I mean, I'm assuming conservative, just by the. Yeah, he's yep. he's pretty
2: conservative. I think. Yeah, he'd probably come on your your podcast. You could you could probably have a good time with him.
1: I mean, the signs were strong. Sign games.
2: Jimmy Cash,
1: which is so good. Yeah. So, and then you got um, you got the mayor of Fairbanks, uh, Matherly. Mm-hmm. That's the city of Fairbanks. Correct. He's running for the Senate. So
2: that's what I hear. You guys yeah. got a lot of uh, a lot of transition happening. People 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 moving up in the world. It, do you think, do you think people in municipal government actually like move up when they go to the legislature or is that a misconception?
1: You know, I mean, some people that's, I think it's good. I used to, when I first got involved in like politics, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing. Back in 2012, I was like, I was like not, I mean, if I would have won, it would have been like, I, I'm, I probably would have figured things out, but I was not qualified. Yeah. And at least when you're on some local. Yeah. You know, legislative body, you probably have some idea of kind of. We got to work with folks. You have those processes in place, and um, it's funny too because some of them, like they're in the legislature, and then they're so addicted. Like Colleen Sullivan Leonard, now she's on the Wasilla City Council, or like Betty Davis got on the school, you know, school board. We actually so some have of them go two
2: d- retired legislators on our assembly right now: Representative uh, Tammy Wilson, and then Guttenberg, right? Yep, and Representative Guttenberg.
1: So Tammy resigned to take this state job, o- OCS, and then. By the way, what is that? Is it the Scream and Weasel in Fairbanks, North Pole?
2: I don't know what you're referring to. There's this
1: thing called the Scream and Weasel. It's like a, it's hmm. a. I think she's affiliated with. Maybe she lives by there, but it's like a little North Pole. It's a little store. It's called the Scream and Weasel. I don't know that store. You know that? Oh, no, it's a little. Uh-uh. It's like a
2: store. I don't know. It's, what kind of store? Maybe trinkets. I don't. Not, Trinket. not sure. Yeah. That 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 seems appropriate for North Pole. You ever go to the Badger Den? I've been there a few times. That's an inter- that's an interesting that place. place. I bet that place was off the hook in the seventies. For, for, for the
1: listeners, you you have to go like, yeah. I, choose your I, level. Every right? time I go in there, it's like the weirdest fucking experience. <laughs>
2: well, it's North Pole.
1: So so one of my craziest Fairbanks stories. I was there in eighteen. We were there doing some video. We like did the Scott Kawasaki race, uh huh, right? And Pete yeah, Kelly. We that. did the um, Adam Wool. Didn't uh,
2: you use drones in those? In those, Kale things? had some. Yeah, Kale. Yeah, did. it was like kind of the first time anybody had used a drone. It was it was like you were the latest greatest thing. And it
1: was it was so the sunny. You know, we had the the, the downtown. That was, that was a
2: really that was really good. Actually. Drone shots were great. Yeah, and, and your interview with uh, Coghill was wonderful. Yeah, 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 that was really so,
1: nice. So we, we we you know it was fun being down there. So. Cocktail uh, was 20. That was after he lost. Right. We went back and we oh, did the, okay. uh, the Marna Sanford. Sure. Um, Rob Myers won. Okay,
2: that's what I'm thinking.
1: And Evan Eads, but he like got out. So anyway, so we were there in 18 and we go to, we were filming interviews and all that. We stayed for, I think, three nights. And we go to the Botel. Uh-huh. On like a-
2: The sleaziest bar in it town? It might have been a
1: Friday. Have you ever heard of this thing? Someone told me they used to have something called like the Botel Babies or they have like a, some kind of league, maybe a pool league and- Babies would like wear like botel like onesies i don't it doesn't surprise me i was,
2: haven't. i haven't i haven't heard of that, but it doesn't not surprise me at all
1: anyway it's where the botel and mm-hmm. if folks haven't been to the botel it's like a kind of a divey bar and there's you know there's like a bar and there's like a little kind of dancing area and there's like an outside area with yeah. like some seat like a it's fire. right on the
2: river mm-hmm. um so it has a nice deck and then a great Yard for concerts and stuff. It's a wonderful place. Like a little fire pit.
1: Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah. um, anyways, we're we're in there and it's not packed. I mean, it was like it was 30, 40 people. It wasn't like crazy. And I was met, met this chick. We we're talking. We we're kind of dancing. And I was like, oh, this is this is going well. You know, <laughs> see what happens. Getting and the... she was really nice. And, yeah. and we were just hanging out for a while. And then at one point, we go outside, and we're on the.
2: You're fresh blood, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I was just. <laughs> Brand new, mm-hmm. and we're sitting um, on the little deck chair, you know, the, the kind of those like long, that yeah. long wood chair, those wood chairs or whatever, yeah. and a bench, and we're like talking, and I'm like, this is, you know, this is great, and then this guy comes over, military, clearly military, and I go, hey, and he was like, he was like, you, you fucking like, what are you fucking doing again? The like, guy was fucking cheating on me, and I was like, he's like, we're fucking done, and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> And I'm just like, I'm like, hey, I'm just like, whoa. You know? And then she's like, fuck you, Michael. I'm with him now. And oh. points at me. <laughs> and I was like, yo, Michael, no, dude, I just met her. Like, like that's like that, That's a motel experience.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's just a Fairbanks experience. Really. And then I've
1: been to the Big Eye a few times. Yeah, and Big Eye's great. That's similar kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's always, whenever you go out in Fairbanks, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like, there's always a story, I feel like.
2: Yeah. Well, it sounds like I mean you you're kind of used to getting in bar fights, huh?
1: I I'm used to it. Um, <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. you're <laughs> talking about recently, I'm, I mean I, I'm just I wasn't teasing a, you, I just think it's funny. There were some obnoxious <laughs> men who wouldn't you know, harassing customers who wouldn't leave the bar and <laughs> Sometimes you gotta act.
2: Sometimes you just gotta do that. That civil civic duty.
1: Kinda kinda. My dad taught me always always fight a bully. Really? Oh yeah. Because if you don't, then they just keep bullying you.
2: So did you get a punch in or a kick? or? I, ca-
1: I ta- So I kicked the guy out. They wouldn't leave. This is like after several minutes. So you're of like him.
2: bouncer at this point. And did, I, you, did you like puff up and stick your chest out and kind of oof, get the I mean, monkey I, thing I probably,
1: going? Enough to like.
2: Yeah. Be bigger. Make like, sure the like, guy like, know that I was he was leaving. And then his uh-huh. buddy,
1: when I get him out, finally he, he sucker punches me. And then, so I tackled the other guy. The guy who punched me. And then the older guy, once <laughs> we're on the ground, he grabs me. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to get fucked up. And then. And then Rex Rock Jr., who works for the governor, the guy they were initially kind of harassing and being really aggressive to and obnoxious, he comes out and one hand, half missing, because his hand got blown off in the whaling uh, accident a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, wow. The thing blew
1: up, the, the bomb on the harpoon. Oh, geez. And then he pulls the guy off of me, which allowed me to get up. You know, and this is all because these guys wouldn't leave and they're being very obnoxious. They were being very aggressive. Um, and then I get, you know, I finally get get up and I, I'm able to go back in the bar but yeah, it was it was pretty um,
2: little scuffle, pretty, pretty wild, little Juno scuffle.
1: I mean, thank God Rex kind of got my back, you yeah. Because it was it was two against these guys yeah. who just got here. They they aren't they were like working from out of town. I don't know what they're doing exactly yet, but uh, they um,
2: well, they here. won't last around here very long with that they kind won't. of behavior. It's, they'll get they, they'll get eighty sixth. I feel like in Fairbanks too, they They'd have problems. Round, yeah. <laughs> oh, they would have huge problems probably, but the military would probably take care of it. So I remember I was in the Big
1: Eye once it was early it was like five or six o'clock and it was kind of not very many people were in there and the bar, the bartender comes by and i order a drink and uh, i said something at one point i said you know welcome to square banks <laughs> and this old guy's at the bar and he's like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> and i was like oh no not. he's like you don't fucking like you can leave <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe <laughs> he
2: should be on our welcoming committee.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, going back to what I was saying, I mean, it does feel like Fairbanks, like you have to... A friend of mine lived there for a year. Mm-hmm. And now he's back in Anchorage. And he said he just felt like he could never get in.
2: Yeah, yeah. To like
1: that, to the business world or just to the, you know, to the... You crack, have to be persistent. The community.
2: Yeah, it's true. You have to be persistent. And, um, you know, I think... The community is used to people coming in and out of it all, all the time. So, you know, they're, they're welcoming. Um, but, yeah, we could probably do a better job of, of bringing people into the fold, maybe.
1: So you, I mean, obviously, you're now the, you're the president, you're the head of the assembly. So you came there totally no knowing, I assume, not a lot of people.
2: I didn't know a lot of people at all. I knew uh, people from the legislature. So I knew all of the Fairbanks crew who were staffers. So that was Greyer Hopkins at the time, Joe Hardenbrook, his wife, Anna um, Sorensen. Oh, who else? Um, There's just a whole crew. And it was like, those are, those are the, cool, the cool staffers, you know? So I was kind of falling into that group a little bit. That was good. So how long was it?
1: When, so when you got appointed to the borough assembly um, I assume you kind of put your name in for it or how 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 did that how did that go down
2: right, so you have to um apply and then there's a public interview so you you put in your application and then the assembly publicly interviews you and then they vote on who to uh accept into their ranks i guess so um, had somebody
1: resigned or what, what why was right? there an opening
2: adam gray was um was an assembly member and he ended up moving out of state, so he so I was applying for his seat.
1: When you went into that, how many people were were applying?
2: Four, maybe. I think there were four, four of us.
1: How did you feel going? Like, how did you feel going into it?
2: I mean, it was ner- it was n- nerve wracking. I mean, you're sitting in front of the assembly, right, in the assembly chambers, and you're doing a public interview that anybody could go to, and all the other candidates are, you know, waiting to be interviewed themselves, um, and so you know they ask you questions and you answer them.
1: Did you have any, I mean, <laughs> feeling of like, you're going to get it? Not, I mean, did you have any kind of, um,
2: I guess I felt pretty confident that, that I would get it. Um, you know, but, but you know, politics, you just never really know. You really don't. Um, and you had worked,
1: yeah. um, you had worked in the labor union too, right?
2: Right. At that time, I was a business agent for local 942. Mm-hmm. So you,
1: you had kind of been, I guess, familiar with the politics and.
2: Yeah. And this was after I'd been in Juneau and, you know, I'd, I'd been up, I'd run campaigns up in Fairbanks and, um, you know, been involved in the chamber of commerce and FEDC, the Fairbanks Economic Development Corporation. Um, I'd helped campaigns on the assembly. I'd helped campaigns on uh, the state legislature. Um, so yeah, I would say I I was, you know, pretty politically connected at that point.
1: Uh, Scott Eichel, he gave me a a 942 hoodie, right? I was really
2: upset about that actually.
1: Why were you upset about that? Did you know
2: that? Did you know that I was uh, upset about I that? Know. I didn't know. I
1: didn't know. This is the first I've heard that.
2: Because it's for members, Jeff.
1: Well, the thing is, I wear that hoodie a lot. He gave me an orange one too later. Yeah. In fact, I'm waiting for a new one. But and Scott, if you're listening, I, I mean I, I need to pick Jake was supposed to be I, I didn't. They forgot it when they No, it's here. I think I it's like they left it at one of the other union like union halls. I have to go over there. Oh, but okay. whenever I wear this is one of my kind of go-to hoodies. It's just like a blue with a yellow, not mm-hmm. you know the Luana, what is it? How do you? Layuna? Launa think.
2: Jeff, if you're gonna wear the know, sweatshirt, I, you got to know I, okay, how know to say solidarity. The name. I know. I'm all yeah, do anyway, you know what it stands for at least? Um, it's like solid. Is it solidarity? Launa, Launa. Do you know what Launa stands for? You're Jeff, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, Jeff, you're I've, killing me. I've this is this. why we don't give out t- sweatshirts hey, to no, people who aren't members. No this, when I, no, this is a membership union. Okay, what's
1: what's what's the <laughs> stand for? Just embarrass me.
2: The Laborers International Union, Union of North, North America. America. Yeah,
1: see, I knew, I knew that.
2: Great, good. Do you know who the general president is?
1: Uh, was it? That was AFL. I'm thinking Trumka. He died, didn't he?
2: Trumpka did die.
1: He was AFL. Yeah, and
2: now, now that I, now that yeah, who I think, is? Yeah, Mindy, who is it? Yeah, now that I'm all like showing off, um, Terry O'Sullivan.
1: Okay, we can, I mean, we can, we can Google it.
2: It's Terry O'Sullivan.
1: Anyway, so whenever I wear this hoodie, <laughs> okay, people are always like, it's like crazy. Every time I wear it. Like, Yeah, because they're members. With a, but not even these people are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> fucking Fairbanks Labor. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I, like, and I always have to say, no, I just, I, my buddy, like, but like, I can even, it doesn't matter if it's Juna or Anchorage or like wherever I wear that hoodie, somebody will comment because at the back's got the big, you know, the thing. Right, the big globe. Like, I always get a comment about that hoodie.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a great hoodie and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good union. So I mean, I
1: think somebody could. I mean, come on, somebody could buy the hoodie, right? Uh,
2: no, no, you can't buy the hoodie unless you're a member.
1: So I should feel really. Yeah, I, I'm
2: actually really surprised that you don't know how much of a coveted item that is.
1: I have an IBW, so so that's funny actually. So once I started wearing that can, hoodie, I think
2: you can buy IBW stuff.
1: Once I started wearing that hoodie. Oh, the rest. My friend of the- Melinda, at the, she's like, "Well, where's, where's, fucking IBW love?" And I yeah. was like, "Well, hook me up with
2: a hoodie." There you go.
1: <laughs> so I mean, i you know, if you're listening and you want me to, Matt Tomter, this is not Union, but um, uh Nuskeboro, i or sorry, Matanuska Brewery. Uh, you know, he has the Palmer Anchorage.
2: I mean, Eagle River, how many he, sweatshirts does one guy need? He gave me a hoodie. Uh huh.
1: And I wear that, and I also get a lot of comments on
2: that. So. Right. Cool hoodie. So you're in the hoodie business is what you're telling me. I like, I mean, I like, I'm a bigger guy. It's, com- you know, it's yeah. com- comfortable. You look really great today, by the way. I mean, pr- really sharp. You're really black. Well, I wear the suit because
1: when, you know, Lisa Murkowski spoke today to the yeah. joint session and I have this press credential thing and to go on the floor, there's rules and you have to have a suit and a, or a jacket and a tie and it's.
2: Yeah. You look sharp.
1: Normally I don't, you know.
0: I, mean, I have slough
2: in there with your. I have the suits. hmm do you, so do they actually give you a space to work in the, in the Capitol? Or I know that was a bit of a, a deal a little, little yeah, while so, ago.
1: So when you get a press, so have, this is my third year having the press credential, they offer you a space and actually at first, the first year it was full. So there's a press, you know, the press room down there. Mm-hmm. So on the first floor or the ground floor, so it was full the first year. And then the next year space opened up. So I, I reserved a space
2: do you have um, to pay for that?
1: It's two seven, Yeah, it's two seventy five. I think two seventy five a year. Okay. And now I have. Now we're here in this little office across from the Capitol that I rent. But I still keep that little space because with that you get a, a key fob
0: mm-hmm. to the building.
2: Mm. Very important. I've building. been I've been definitely missing my key fobs because <laughs> <laughs> I mean the door, from being the, here <laughs> the doors locked
1: I mean, if it's five like o'clock, a, man. If, if something's going on, they keep them open. If it's like some something, something's yeah. happening, but typically they close. So if mm-hmm. you want to get in there, and, I keep
2: getting locked out of the building. Damn it. I go to the front and get
1: You got to join Team Landmine here. We'll get you.
2: Can I, I was wondering today, who, who can I, who can I talk to that I can get a, a, a key fob around here?
1: I'm pretty sure if we applied for a Mindy O'Neill press pass, they'd be like, um, yeah, she's like an elected type.
2: <laughs> I'm sure they would say no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're doing the assembly. I mean, do you have any, you worked in legislature, you know, you know, you've been around, do you have any ambitions to do the higher,
2: Hmm, maybe. I I I, I don't. Um, probably, I guess. I, it's not right there in front of me, but it wasn't when I ran for the assembly either. Um, that was an open seat that people said, uh, we'd like to see you represent Fairbanks. And I said, okay. <laughs> where,
1: where are you? Like, where do you, what district? Because I know that Fairbanks has changed a lot with redistricting.
2: Yeah, I, I'm in House District 1. I don't know what they renumbered re- it. Um, so my representatives are Bart LeBond and Scott Kawasaki in are the you Senate. St-
1: are you still in the Bonds? Yep. With the new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I'm right. I am in the city district.
1: Fairbanks changed quite a bit. I mean, there was always a
2: our our the the heart of Fairbanks stayed about the same, but all all around changed. Like
1: Grier's district didn't changed quite. He I think he moved. Yeah, a couple of years ago, but his district changed quite a bit.
2: Right. Yeah. the The Goldstream district changed quite a bit, and then. Um yeah, the outskirts of Fairbanks changed in different ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think we're coming up and we could hold another podcast, but this, you know, this ranked choice open primary rank choice. I mean, that's gonna I, everybody I talk to I, I ask about what they you know, what
2: what do you think about that? you know, I I, I haven't really thought much about it, honestly. To tell really? You. I know it's it's kind of weird. I I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. Um you know i I've ran so many campaigns that it changes what I know about how to campaign and maybe how all the numbers work and so I guess it's just gonna be an interesting year i'm i really i'm I'm really just a wait and seeer on on ranked choice voting for real
1: but so many of these races these big especially the bigger races you know this this top four thing has a huge gonna have a huge impact on on how the how the general goes you know yeah if do you men- think
2: people are gonna like play a game like oh uh, I really want number one, but I'm, so I'm going to put them as number two, so more people vote for. It. Like, I, I don't know if people are going to play that game or not. I, th-
1: I think the um, I think the politicos and the camp candidates and yes, the campaign people are going to play the game, but they're going to. I mean, the question is, can they translate that lot like that game, that logic, that yeah strategy into to 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 the voters, right? Because that's hard. I mean, it's hard to get people to vote in ge- as you know in general, right? But then it's like, by the way, when you go there, like you want to mark this person number one and this person number two. Right. I and mean, that's, I don't know, you know that's going to be what we're going to have to figure out and see how it goes.
2: Yeah, I, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, it's it's been successful in other states. We'll see if it works here or not. I For us, you know, on the assembly and, and municipal government, I think it's a little confusing because we don't have ranked choice voting for those elections. So, you know, now our population is going to be voting in October in the mm-hmm. the, the quote unquote regular way. And then in November, there's another election that they will be voting in a different way. So, you know, humans are smart people. Like they'll, they'll figure it out. But I do think that it, it adds a little bit of, I don't know if it's complexity or something. I mean, it's already hard enough to get people to vote I, in a I'd municipal it, election a little, and then, you know, a statewide election. And so it, it adds know, barriers. a layer of confusion, I yeah. think. And,
1: you know, it's funny, we, your, Chris, Chris Burge, Years ago, when he was in the assembly, he tried to move the Anchorage elections to October. Okay, because we're, we're in April. Is there an
2: April, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: he had some good, you know, reasons for it, and I think some of those made sense. But the, for me, the big selling point was against it was there's so much going on at that time. Every Senate race, governor, every you know, four years, you know, all these like elect- legislative races and like the airwaves and and the just getting. Hammer. So totally. in Fairbanks and like the valley and a lot of places, they do this October. So it's right. You're like you're getting caught in the middle of of this huge, other you know, legislative and statewide campaigns.
2: Right. And the message is vote on October or November, whatever the date is. Right. And so you know, most municipal election candidates can't afford the same amount of airtime, mm-hmm. and and so you know, people just don't show up. I, you know, I think that's, that plays into it a little bit is they're like, no, the elections in non- November, It's like, yeah, well, there's another election before November for the local people. But
1: yeah. The good thing about April, like we have elections coming up in April in Anchorage and I mean, there's nothing else going on. Like right. last year we had the mayor, mayoral and.
2: And you're all uh, um, mail-in voting too, right?
1: Yeah. So in 2018, they went to vote by, and this is. Do you like that? Um, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I, uh, I think the good thing about Anchorage is vote by mail system. Compared to you know, with COVID, they kind of a lot of places went to kind of vote by mail on demand, and it was not really well thought out or it wasn't it wasn't planned out. With Anchorage, they spent years setting it up. So you know, there's a signature, and there's all these different, you know, there's like some really good checks and, and processes. Um, I pers- personally like I think it's fine. I, I vote by mail because you have to, but I I do like the election day kind of showing up. Yeah. To vote. Um, I'm, I'm
2: I'm an election day voter. I like going to the booth and I usually like working the booth, but we can't work the booths, mm-hmm. you know, or working the election, but you can't do that. Hey guys, uh come on. Mindy. In, come on, come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mark yeah. I mean, do whatever you yeah. want, but I'm indie. Yeah. They um so they actually uh passed an ordinance re- recently that elected officials uh to the to the borough assembly could uh, participate as volunteers, you know, six months after they're off the assembly. So you could, you can again, participate and volunteer. What was it before? Well, it was silent. And so we found that there was a conflict of interest because you actually get a small paycheck. You're you're considered an employee Mm -hmm. for, you know, the 12 hours that you put in. So, um, but if you're a, a borough, you know, elected official, you can't work for the borough as well. So mm-hmm. they found there's a conflict there. So you know, yeah, we, I- we weren't working the the municipal elections. We were working the state elections. You know, because if you haven't worked a state election or or been, you know, checking and welcoming voters it's really an incredible experience to really understand how the process works
1: and they're looking i mean a lot of the people who have done that for years they aren't doing it as much especially with covid oh yeah a lot of the older folks didn't you know oh. didn't want to do it so it was a challenge of finding i mean i think they started actually paying people quite a like a, a decent they increased the wages to, i think to I recruit think,
2: Yeah, yeah yeah i mean
1: I'm, I, I just i like going to vote but i think we should always give people options to you know, vote early or absentee, or whatever. But I, I always say, if you if you can vote later, because you have no idea. I mean, you could vote a month before or two weeks, whatever, and some shit could go down. Sure,
2: and something really could happen. This. You know, you save your cards to the very end.
1: Someone says something, or some scandal potentially. Right. Or, you know. I think
2: that's changing though a little bit because of the way people are voting and the changes of voting. You know, I, I think, um, I I think people maybe don't keep. All of their whatever they're going to use against the opposition until the very last minute anymore. As more people vote early, the October surprise. The October surprise. You got it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I mentioned earlier, Murkowski was in town doing the speech, and and then she had this fundraiser, and I went and checked recently, and you know there's 12 people who have filed so far for the U.S. Senate.
2: No, I didn't know that.
1: Not including Chewbacca.
2: Oh. Okay. He hasn't officially
1: filed with the Division of Elections yet. So,
2: oh, it, that's interesting.
1: Two of them are like Dustin and David Darden. I don't know if you've oh. heard of Dustin Darden. He's uh-huh. one of our cookie k- Yes, Yes, good way to put it. And <laughs> then we have some a couple of Independence Party types. Uh, I think Dustin Darden's one of them. And there's a Libertarian, Ellie Gray Jackson now, some Republicans. Some, I mean, it's going to be like, I bet you it's going to be 15, maybe 20 people. Right. In that, in that Senate. And the wow. primary, you pick one, right? So,
2: Yeah. Well, at least I'll have options.
1: A lot of options. (laughs) We had uh, last year for our mayoral race, we had 15.
2: Oh, that's right. Man, that was a crazy race.
1: Six of which were actually, you know, campaigning, but I mean, literally 15.
2: Well, I think it's great. You know, I I think everyone should run for office once. As you know, your worldview changes on politics. Once you run for office, once you're in the crosshairs as as it is, I mean, you kind of realize how vulnerable you feel when people are digging through your past or saying something out of context or, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, thinking they know you and they really don't. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's great that people are running for office and, you know, I hope they have a great experience and continue to do that. If they really want to serve the people that that's, that's what running for office is for serving the people, Well, <laughs> not for power or for money or for agendas or well, it's to serve serving, the people.
1: It's for serving the people, but I think oftentimes the other ones you described are, the, the, some, the some people's some people's
2: motivations. Yeah, that's the carrot,
1: maybe. I had a friend recently, and people ask me sometimes should I run for office, or they ask about it. And what I always tell them is, you know, yeah, sure, but here's what it means, here's what it entails. You know, here's what. Actually, a friend who asked me a few weeks ago, I explained to her. You know, she's married with a kid, and I said, look, you you might you know you can run, you could win. You have to go to Juno. You have your kid. You know you have this job, it could be three or four or five months, and i, I kind lay it do- six like, or like, seven or eight nine <laughs> right and I, I, I kind of lay it down but then but then I, I also say like look, I mean we all no one knows what if, you cannot prepare somebody for you know like a headline of some crazy thing about your life right you can't i mean you can no. think i mean you can think you can prepare even me like speedo gate right i mean that that was oh yeah i'm fine it was fine but it's like seeing everybody you know just say like at all the time
0: and that
2: was kind of your splash too that was kind of how you entered into at least i think what splash splash oh yeah that was good um that that was kind of how you know how you made your appearance right i mean uh, yeah
1: i mean i think that was that was i mean that was like a national that became like a national story
2: but look where you are now. See, everything happens for a reason. It's it's a good thing that you ran for office.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I have no regrets on that, but I just it's like most people can't prepare for it's true. the headline of like this per, uh, especially with women, you know. I'm I'm not it's like tough. I'm not I'm kind of not the very woke, but I do I do give I do acknowledge 100% that women have a harder go of this, especially younger women, the things people say about them and and the the th- comments and you know it's really tough and you can't do anything about it because that's just you sign up for that when you're going and like you know, when you're a public public figure and it's really um yeah you it's got, hard you, you gotta, can't prepare, you can't prepare anybody for it
2: you gotta you really have to um develop a thick skin you have to like like someone told me early on you just have to let it roll off like water on a duck's back you know you just have to let it go it's mm-hmm. you know and and have a mantra that it's it's their issue. It's their problem. And if anybody, you know, if anybody wants to talk to you about it, you're you're accessible. It's Alaska. You're you're reachable to have a conversation.
1: Have um, you had any of those kind of headline like anybody handle type that people come after you? Or?
2: No, I I haven't. No. Mm-mm.
1: Just wait a little. I'm sure somebody uh, will make up are something. You do, the higher you go, they they just make things up. You know, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, it, it's true. And you know, I think one thing that um, people wanting to run for office often neglect is having their spouse or their partner really buy in because that's huge you I I love talking to people about running for office and like getting them prepared for what they're about to do it's like I I really love doing that and and um, that's one of the biggest things is if your spouse or your partner isn't on board 100 percent with what you're going to do because you're going to miss dinner you're going to miss birthdays you're going to you know, be late for work. You're going to leave before people get up. You're going to spend more time on the phone with your campaign manager than with your wife or your husband. And that's the way it's going to be for X amount of months. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if your other half isn't on board, then, you know, it's probably not right.
1: And <laughs> yeah, the friend that asked me a few weeks ago, she was married with a kid. I told her, um, I said the same thing. I said, look, you tell your husband, like he needs to be hundred percent on board with you do. And this is what it means. And just because I think I never even understood it till I started coming to Juno and seeing kind of how taxing it is, and you know, especially for young, you know, we say citizen legislature—that's bullshit. I mean, it's not that building does not represent the citizenry, and and I, you know, I don't know what you think, but I always, for a long time, I've said we need to pay these people a lot more money—one hundred fifty thousand, pay them, pay them a good, make it, make it that full-time job, to to allow more people to to actually do it.
2: I think that's a fair point. I mean, I, I think that's a, a, a huge barrier to more people getting involved in politics other than it being just so icky and toxic right now. And I, and I, I that really does make me sad. I wish, uh, you know, we approached politics with more of humanity, <laughs> you know, you're a human, I'm a human, Unity you in the fucking you community think about yeah, exactly right. Know what I'm saying? But you can't live on it at $53,000 a year, you know, or, or, you know and well especially their... the people who make you know more than that
1: <laughs> it, and a lot of people do make more than that especially the ones exactly you, you'd think you'd want to you know be making billion dollar decisions right right and it's um yeah no, it's really i mean i think i think of like sarah rasmussen or zach fields you know they have like young kids and i mean it's like you can see how difficult that it is to manage that
2: yeah it really is and and being down here long hours and um no real accessibility to to leave if, you know it often it's expensive if you do so you know i mean there's there's a there's a an, an equal you know there's a payoff there i guess i mean either yeah. pay them a
1: lot or nothing and yeah. make make it like a 30 day deal right which is hard and i think alaska some states do that where it's a quick i think my i was just talking to actually at that event fred parry you know fred parody
2: uh, he's uh lisa
1: Parody's. she's with the school administrators what is it the Council of school. Anyways, he's, they moved here, you know, in 2008. He was a former speaker of the House of Wyoming. Oh, cool. So he's like here in Alaska and he was a speaker and he was in the legislature. But they do like a 40-day one year and then 20-day the next year.
2: Oh, interesting. And then
1: some states, like I think Nebraska just does a, it's a unicameral and it's like every other year. I mean, maybe Texas, they do like every other year.
2: Right. And they have different sessions too, I think, in Texas. Maybe they have sessions in their own districts, and then they all convene at one time. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then some do, like, a budget session.
2: Yeah, just have just the budget, and or, like, two years of a budget. Um, what we're doing, I think, is, like,
1: it would be a great story to, like, look into all these states and how they – because, like, I think what we're doing here is pretty fucked up. I mean, it's, like, every year it's, like, five – it goes into, like, the summer, and then sometimes when the, you know, cruise ships are here, it's, like, people can't even afford to, like, stay, so they stay in their offices right. or they have to – you know, like a hotel is five hundred dollars a night. Yeah,
2: and are, is that really the state of mind that you want people to be making these billion dollar decisions at these these decisions that are affecting people all across the state in in very important ways? I remember Jason
1: yeah. Gren um, when he was in there? He he vowed he he promised not to take any per diem after one twenty, and they were down here that one year until like I mean it was like crazy. It was like all pretty much all summer, right? right. And he was like, I mean, he was like. Couldn't take he wouldn't take per diem because he promised he wouldn't, which I think was dumb. And he's like basically like hustling in his office with like ramen soup. And you're, yeah. you're right. You're making he's in the finance committee.
0: Yeah. How do I vote? <laughs> Fuck I'm tired. I'm yeah. hungry. I'm I really know. hungry. You're
2: tired, you're hungry, you're cranky at that time, you know, you just want to go home. It's hot in the building at that time, you know? It's like have you
1: I, I can't even you just brought that up. I mean, I've literally been in there in July and the Oh, but you're Senate, baking. It is like you're fucking baking. hot. Yeah. And you're like wearing like was, a suit and it's. No, it's like out, you feel windows, like you're
2: in in Fairbanks.
1: The windows are open <laughs> and it's like, God damn, it's hot in here.
2: Yeah. And then how do you make decisions? You know, everyone's cranky and they stink and like they're wearing all in, this stuff. It's almost like
1: they put you in a room and like they. It's, <laughs> it's
2: like purgatory like down, like down a, here, man. It's like a, it's like a reality show. <laughs> no kidding. Remember, <laughs> remember when
1: uh, I think it's no secret, I'm no fan of Natasha Vanimov, <laughs> but remember a couple years ago when she was like, it's a fishbowl. Like my clothes stink. you a total fishbowl. Like, remember that speech <laughs> I mean, she gave? It's, no. like, it's a fishbowl. It's <laughs> like my clothes. I'm sick of them. <laughs> it was like summer of 19. It was like, you know, end of July.
2: <laughs> it's like, make a decision. Get out of here. <laughs> Do your job.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just. I, got
2: I, one job. Pass a budget. One job. That's all you got.
1: And then, you know, this craziness so last easy. time with this effective date nonsense that was the first time. I, mean, I yeah, actually, yeah. someone told me, Chris Tuck told me that um, someone told me they tried that in, like, one of those, like, maybe it was 15 or 16, one of those weird sessions, and the Democrats tried that, like they were going to use the effective date. Because for the folks listening to the budget, is any bill goes into effect in 90 days per the Constitution, unless two-thirds of each body... Vote, votes to make it sooner oh, oh yeah sure so the constitution because they wanted to you know let folks get ready for some big change to a bill so so any bill is effective in 90 days unless two-thirds of both bodies make it sooner and in this case last time you know the budget was passed in like the end of june and the the budget goes into effect july 1st so by hold you know by by not giving by the republicans not giving the effective date vote there'd be no the government wouldn't really function for a few months It'd be oh. shut down so I guess the Democrats, like, initially tried that shit, and, like, I think it was 15 or 16, but then Tuck told me, he's like, real quick, we were like, yeah, that's a fucking bad, like, bad idea. We ain't doing that shit. <laughs> and, I mean, it didn't, I mean, it lasted, like, you know, not very long.
0: Yeah. But,
1: like, this time, it was, we following that? It was, like, fully...
2: I really wasn't, but, you know, um, there's there's one thing Republicans are really good at, and that's execution. So, you know, they have a plan, they stick together, and they execute. That's, that's I gotta give it to them.
1: How is it that, like i mean republicans are they're really good at, like you said, kind of doing that and and also going after each other, but I mean sometimes and I have a lot of friends who are Democrats, and I'm a nonpartisan i've never really I've never been a Democrat, but sometimes I feel like Democrats like they can't pull the trigger, yeah, they can't like you know yeah like let's do it let's let's
2: there let's, might be a bit of Stockholm syndrome going on you know <laughs> throughout the Democrats Is like, oh, if we do this, I don't know, you know we've we've been in this situation for so long. Do we really want it to change? Yes, we do. Let's do it. Oh, you know, I I be like, what do you have to lose? What, what do I mm-hmm. have to lose? You know, and
1: Bill, Bill Maher for do it. You know, I don't know if you watch Bill Maher, but he's always saying the Democrats, you know, I fucking grow, grow up here. I mean, Republicans just don't give a shit. Like, yeah. look at Mitch McConnell. Like, it's They're crazy. He'll, throat, like, man. he'll like, you know, we're not going to do Merrick Garland because fuck it. But we're going to we're going to do Kavanaugh. Like, why not? Yeah. And like, they, they just do it. They, just mean, they, do, they, it. they do shit.
0: And then they move they, on.
1: They don't, they don't really op, operate by, the, I mean... Morals or values or anything like that. I mean, the, the point is, sometimes... It's, oh, come I mean, on, you walked right into that. Sometimes, you know, it's about... I mean, I guess... I don't know. I mean, it's like, win, win, win at all costs, but...
2: Yeah. I don't know. And, you know, we're overgeneralizing, right? And Republicans and Democrats, are, there's good and bad of both, of course.
1: Right. Well, it's... I don't know. We can talk about that for, for hours. But we've been doing a... Almost an hour fifteen.
2: Wow, wow! How long are your podcasts usually? I mean, usually thirty to forty minutes. Oh but, wow! You know, with Dang. The, I mean,
1: obviously you're a very interesting, encapsulating character. So oh well, thank you. I feel like we could keep going, but it's, what time is it? It's
2: You're gonna have a lot of editing to do. Do you edit these? Oh or you, no, Oh, it's just raw. We huh? just huh? you just go.
1: I got my guy Jason, who's amazing. I send him the audio. He just you know makes the audio something like adjusts the volume levels, and then he adds a little you ever Intro listen to the, the Landmine and, Radio, we got the
2: Yeah, you're going to need to put Do, do you have uh, sponsorships where you take a radio break or something in the middle? Uh no, and we you need to typically cut it up a little
1: bit. By the way, if you're listening and you want to sponsor the podcast, we are always looking for sponsors. We
2: What's a sponsorship, Jeff?
1: Um it kind of depends if if somebody Just a wants sweatshirt, a if Somebody
2: wants
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Like if somebody wants to do 10 episodes, you know, grand, so 100 per episode. Okay. If they want to do if they want to do I mean it's got to be like a minimum ten, or because you have to like record their intro and. Sure. Got to make
2: it. Sure. It ref- seems like uh, the your website's doing great with advertising.
1: Uh, we're getting a lot of traffic, not not mm-hmm. always. I mean, we get we get we do sell okay. ads. Okay. And hopefully, I'm, I mean, it's February, so it I'm, seems I'm, like
2: I'm, they they switch out quite often, and there's different people that come you with know, yeah, are advertising on we,
1: there. We get different. I mean, I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping that this year is gonna you know with all the campaigns and elections, you know, a lot of... lot. We get a lot of advertising revenue because in the yeah. off years, it's not, you know, we, we try to, we, we had a lot of, um, for the assembly live streams, we got, we got a lot of assembly, like, like the, you know, live stream sponsors.
2: Oh, oh,
1: wow. Which I don't know if you remember, it was like, it was so funny, there'd be like some shit going down and then I'd be like, and you know, I want to thank Peter Caltagroni from keltas <laughs> <Celticroni> Legal for, <laughs> or, you know, I want to thank like, my friend like. Were
2: you the, live action shotting the, oh, the yeah. assembly? Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. So we, oh, we, that reminds me, I have a question for you. Shoot. The next time you do, uh, you know, like an election countdown or or whatever you do,
1: election central.
2: Yeah, I wanna be I wanna I want to do that with you guys, you and Sabrina. Like I feel so, like I feel like Fairbanks needs some representation, and I'm great so I'm gonna, color commentary.
1: So I'm gonna lock you in right now. Um, you can take your pick because because this. So we're doing our assembly one, which is gonna. Anchorage, you know, in April. In April. But uh, we're going to do the... Obviously, we have this new studio in Anchorage. We have a whole new setup. Oh,
2: good for you. It's
1: really great. Me and my friend Scott Jensen, it's like... It's really... It's like a real studio. Um, So, we're going to do the primary, obviously, in our August and the general. And so, I'm going to give you, you know, your pick here. You can come down to Anchorage and be on, like, the, the panel.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I want to do.
1: Which you can do that. Or we're also looking to with our new... Because we have a studio. We can take in feeds. We can do... We're looking to have people on like, a Fairbanks person, a Juno person, like, you know, give, give us the kind of, like, 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 we're going live to Mindy.
2: Oh, yeah, in Fairbanks. I'll be like, Jeff, it's uh, it's 70, it's 17 degrees here, <laughs> and, uh, man, the voters are just coming on out, and we are having a ball. I like <laughs> how you're, like,
1: putting your hand to your Yeah,
2: you know, like, you gotta, ear. yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of do the thing and stand outside. I'll have a, a nice scarf, and I'll stand outside with a microphone and we'll do exit polling. Ooh, this is so fun. I can't wait.
1: I I, I actually think thinking more about I think you're more of an on camera like in-person studio uh personality.
2: Well, you put me wherever wherever you think it works the best for for your Okay, podcast. so I'm going to
1: make a note of this because yeah, you cuz you're great. I mean, we've been going over an hour, and, you know hour, and, I know, hour and 17 now. Man,
2: when I watch you guys, I'm I'm interacting with you, I'm like, man, I need to be on this with you. So, it's been like a year, like 3 years since I've Wanted to, to do this with you guys. If
1: it's you and Sabrina and then me and the... You guys can really, you know, attack me hard. Yeah. Because uh, Sabrina always, you know...
2: I think we'd both enjoy that. I,
1: so would I. <laughs> I think we should end it there.
2: <laughs> Sounds good. Okay,
1: well, Mindy O'Neill... <laughs> we'll um, see you in November. <laughs> Fairbanks... August. Oh, Primary, August. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh. we'll start with the yeah. primaries. Even better. Okay.
1: So, Mindy O'Neill, presiding officer of Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly. There you go. Is there a abbreviated version of that or um no. fns f-
2: FNSB f- assembly i okay, guess
1: so. but running the show in fairbanks
2: there you go <laughs> appreciate
1: it mindy great great conversation good uh good talk and um if you're leaving you're going back to fairbanks soon or what are you doing
2: headed out tomorrow morning i, I booked the morning flight so i have all day to leave so. well, i'm glad i i'm glad <laughs> you came
1: in tonight for the podcast i've been
2: yeah f- thanks for the invitation
1: yeah no long it's long has been fun long uh The coveted Mindy O'Neill podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks again, Mindy. uh, And we'll do it again and really enjoy enjoy talking to you. Yeah, you too. Okay, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.